Welcome to Exec Talk with Paradigm 360, a podcast featuring C-suite executives, entrepreneurs, nonprofit and government leaders expressing how they model leadership, integrity, and authenticity in the marketplace. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the collaboration with thought leaders from across the globe sharing their best corporate practices. Now let's welcome our host, Executive Leadership Coach Christina Lee, for another amazing conversation. All right, all right. Welcome back to Paradigm 360. I'm your leadership coach, Christina Lee. I am so excited. I'm unglued today. I have one of my favorite coaches in the house, Colette Coakley, and we are going to have an amazing conversation around uh, how to really scale your uh, career uh, through the power of storytelling. I I can't wait to have this engaging conversation with her. I want to thank our internet audience for continuing to support this podcast and you know our goal and our aim is to, is to continue to add value and and help you scale in the areas that you need to scale so that you can continue to advance up the corporate ladder also want to help you be able to develop the whole you as you know we have had all different types of topics uh, that has been beneficial for your career pathway well this would not be possible if paradigm 360 didn't pay the bills so i want to go into a quick commercial Commercial break. We're going to hear a short uh, commercial on Paradigm 360, and then we'll come back with none other than Miss Colette Coakley. Paradigm 360 LLC is a corporate consulting firm that specializes in executive coaching, coach training certification, change management, and an array of leadership development tools designed to build culture and produce authentic leadership within your organization. Our team of experts have over 30 years of combined experience working with C-suite executive, leadership teams, middle management, and frontline employees. We take pride in our corporate motto, building world-class leaders one conversation at a time. Please look us up on the web at www.paradigm360consulting.com. Until then, we'll see you at the top. You're listening to Exec Talk with Paradigm 360 with Executive Leadership Coach Christina Lee. After the show, stay connected at www.paradigm360consulting.com. Now back to the show with your host, Christina Lee. All right. All right. We are back. Thank you, Paradigm 360, for that sponsorship ad. Today, I'm excited because we're going to talk to a phenomenal Paradigm 360 executive leadership coach whom I have had the pleasure of knowing for many years. And she is a phenomenal HR executive. I want to give you a little bit of background on her. Her name is Colette Coakley. She is the vice president of HR for Maryland Public Television and the founder of the Women's Leadership Forum. She is also married to the wonderful Carrie Coakley of 28 years, and they together have one phenomenal son who resides in the D.C. area. I am so excited to have her. Let's welcome her to the show. Hey, Colette, welcome to the show. Hey, Christina. Hey, Christina. Thank you for having me. Uh, My goodness. Do, Do they always like throw their hands in the air like they really yeah. don't care. That's the, HR, that's the HR move. Oh, wow. That is that is phenomenal. Well, I want to welcome you to the show. Uh, first of all, I have admired you and your career from afar. You've done some amazing things uh, in your career. 
And I got to tell our, our, our internet audience, one of the things that I love is that you work for Maryland Public TV and that's mm-hmm. where like Kermit hangs out. Yeah, Kermit and um, the Cookie Monster, oh, all, man. all of them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, you bring back all my great childhood memories when I talk to you, Colette. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you can count, right? <laughs> That's what counts. That's what we. That was what we were trying to accomplish. Yeah. Well. Well, thank you for uh, years of great public t- TV uh, programming and. Uh, family, good family programming and educational things that uh, public television access continues to do great work. So I hope that our Internet audience will support the work that that you all do in your local uh, area and community, because um, you, you're one of the last great deals around when it comes to good family um, mm. educational stuff. So I appreciate the work you do today. We're going to talk about the power of storytelling, because um, you know, our, our African-American community and our, our, uh, Latino community, uh, it, it's not a hidden secret that for many years we've not been able to occupy, uh, the C-suite. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a new space, uh, that has kind of developed over the last, I don't know, maybe 15 to 20 years that we've started to see, uh, some inroads. And I think we're seeing more and more. And we wanted to talk a little bit, and although this is not really a diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion conversation, but we wanted to talk about uh, the power of storytelling and the importance of remembering, um, you know, black and brown people at the table, mm-hmm. as and and also not only the world remembering black and brown people at the table. But those of us who happen to be black and brown, remembering who we are and the relevance and the importance of us making sure that we reach back in our community and help develop people to win. So I want to put a disclaimer out there because this is not we're not uh, our aim is not to um, exclude any group, any people group. That's not what our aim is. Today is just one conversation around one particular issue that that we feel uh, happens to be valid. Uh, mm-hmm. And both it's a lived experience for both of us. And so I want to say that we celebrate uh, from a diversity and equity uh, perspective, we celebrate all people. I, I want to make sure that everyone knows our intent. Uh, we care about people. We feel that all people groups, uh, race, color, creed, uh, religion, everyone is valuable. But in this particular conversation, we really want to couch it uh, around because I, I'm coming out of Black History Month uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I think there's still some value to have this conversation. So, Colette, you have had a wonderful journey uh, in corporate. I want you to start as a vice president now. Share your journey from frontline to vice president because that's huge. That's a long trek. Uh, well, thank you, Christina, because you just told my age because it's a long trek. <laughs> but you did it in five years, Colette. Yeah, so. I did it. Yeah, it took me. It took a short while. No, actually, it is. It, it is pretty long. And you know, I, I will. I'll start as I came out of college. Oh my gosh, did I really know what I was, what I wanted to do? I just knew as um, sort of the first generation coming out of my small family, that college was in the purview, 
and that I must get out. I got, I have to get out of college. That was the thing back then that you had to do for your family. And um, I came out and I was, I hadn't a clue what television was all about. Um, and I knew that they made money, but I didn't know where they made money. And I knew that they ran these commercials, but those were the things that I wanted to turn off. Um, but that was how the station actually made its money was through those commercials. And so somebody saw enough in me to reach reached back and explain that to me and say, join us. And that was in a, a station after college. I, I graduated from Georgetown University, go Hoyas. Um, uh, graduated from Georgetown University and uh, had my first job as a sales assistant in, at a uh, television station in Washington, DC. Um, I thought I was doing something. I negotiated my $13,000 to $14,000 a year. Wow. Yeah. Wait, stop right there. Yeah. $13,000 a year, Colette? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's I, amazing. I quickly found out that wasn't any money because I not only worked there, but I worked at, um, then it was called Woodworth and Lothrop. Um, I worked there. And then I, on the weekends, I worked at a wedding shop. So it, you know, it was, it was hard work. I also wanted to have money in my, money in my pocket. It wasn't just for survival. I just, I wanted the independence. Um, but what it taught me is that hard work can get you somewhere mm -hmm. because I rose through the ranks. Um, I learned a lot about this television station, the parts of the television station. And then it took an African-American male who saw um, certain qualities in me to offer me a position as a HR director. Now, in my naivete, I told him no, because that was not what I had my degree in, which was uh, business and marketing. And it wasn't what I felt like I could succeed in. So I did not see the success that I would ha have um, in being an HR director. It took somebody else seeing that quality, that skill set in me, in order for them to say, I think that you could do it. And so the rest ended up being kind of history in which I did take that job. I took it with a caveat that if I failed, I needed a safety net. <laughs> so I told him if I was not succeeding in this, because I had my old job back and he was kind enough to say yes. But he knew that I wasn't going back. He knew it before I knew it, um, that I was not going back. And he, he actually, he was my safety net and saying, you're going to be able to do this. So I, um, and that was uh, what now, 25, 30 years ago that I have been a man, HR manager, uh, a, to a HR vice president. I've been a HR director at uh, a number of television stations in the Washington DC and Virginia area. And um, I've been a director of HR at the Department of Labor to where I'm now a vice president of HR at Maryland Public Television. Wow, we are so proud of you and thank you. That is such a huge accomplishment. 
not only for a woman, but a woman of color. Yeah. And um, I love the story. I felt like I should have had a fire going. Right. Um, Because from the story from 13,000 a year um, to where you are today and 30 years is not that long ago in the grand scheme of things. And mm-hmm. so it, it really says a lot about um, <laughs> equitable value and where we've come from, right, in the last 30 years of how we've treated women with salary um, and, and placement. And um, it's, it, that's really interesting. I, I want to I piggyback on something you said, because you said the power of seeing. He, he saw something in you. Mm-hmm. How important is it because from the HR role, you all do the hiring and, and there are other components, right? Employee relations and all of those pieces. But once the hiring piece is, is done, the individual goes and works under someone's leadership. Mm-hmm. So you may be more hands off the employee after the initial onboarding and hiring process. And you may not see that employee again in some companies, Mm-hmm. depending on the size and, and, and how things are, are, are dealt with there, the structure. So when we talk about the leader in corporate America mm-hmm. or in nonprofit or in government, how important is this, the power of seeing in others? Because the reason you are where you are today is because someone saw something in you that you didn't mm-hmm. see in yourself. And how mm-hmm. often do leaders miss the opportunity to help individuals scale their careers because they missed something that they could have seen in them? Um, often. Often. <laughs> I, 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 I think that um, as, as leaders, sometimes we relish more that we're in a position of leadership rather than the role itself. Oh my goodness. Can you unpack that, Colette? Uh, so the title and the opportunity to be a leader is sometimes relished more than actually what the position entails itself. As leaders, we have responsibility and our responsibility is really to pull others along. Um, we don't necessarily have to be in the nuts and bolts of everything that is going on. But our responsibility is to make sure that our teams are moving forward and are not standing still. And so whether that means, you know, um, Jane has a particular role, it doesn't mean that Jane needs to stay in that role for 20 years mm. under, your lead, under your leadership. They actually may, it may mean that they may need to leave that company in order to flourish. And so part of our responsibility, not just as an HR person, but as a leader, is to make sure that your employees up underneath you are thriving and are, are working at their optimal best, optimal capacity. Just because they came in one way doesn't mean that they need to stay that way all the time. Just because the job says, you're supposed to turn out 20 widgets, doesn't mean that that person, that particular person has to turn out 20 widgets for the rest of their lives. 
You might need to bring in another person that turns out 20 widgets while that person graduates to something else. We're not to keep that person in a box. And oftentimes, particularly in the African-American community, we get labeled before we actually sign that contract to be in that position. Wow. Can you talk a little bit about that? I'd love to hear more about your perspective on that. So my belief is that, um, and it's probably a bigger lesson in diversity, equity, and inclusion, is that as African-Americans, we've been labeled, period. Mm -hmm. And we're always in a category. Um, and it doesn't always have to be a negative category, but many times we're in a category and we're labeled by our um, white counterparts. We're labeled by our, our bosses. And so that label can sometimes stay with us throughout our entire journey with a particular company. So if you were deemed as the one who always gets it done. Guess what? You go get all the work. Wow. You get all the work every time because guess what? The boss gets his work done through you. Right. Will you get invited to the table? Sometimes not because you're seen as the one who just gets all the widgets completed. So in order to get out of that box, you may have to show show something different or somebody notices something else different in you and pulls you along and creates allyship right mm -hmm. that allows for you to be seen in a different light that's powerful that's powerful because we one of the things we wanted to talk about was uh the role of the c-suite helping to bring that equity, uh, that value to the table for um, black and brown people. And from your perspective, I want to hear how important it is for you to help raise these leaders and help them break out of the mold of labeling, um, help them reshape and redefine who they are as leaders how much of that in your role as a C-suite is it important that that you remember all people, and particularly those who generationally, we know we have the data, historically have been left out? Um, I want to say it's extremely high on my list. Because I have been, um, you know, I, I left this out as part of my history. With, I, I believe that I have been the only since sixth grade. Um, I had the, I, I, would, I started out in public school, but I didn't end there. Mm -hmm. And I have been, uh, I'll say a, a few, among the few who have had the opportunity through hardworking parents, I'm going to give credit where credit is due through hardworking parents to have the privilege to enter private schools. That's and right. that started in sixth grade. I'm not going to say that I relished it um, because that left you lonely. 
Mm. I also am a sports enthusiast. And so you get labeled in those categories. So I had opportunity through scholarship to, to uh, play sports. I had opportunity to um, have, um, to go to college on sports scholarships. But what that created was choice. I didn't play sports in college. I decided it, I wasn't going, well, they had just started the M WNBA. So uh, no, they didn't make any money. So that wasn't, and they still don't make any, that's not equitable either. So I'm going to say that for all of the WNBA players out there, but I, I did not see opportunity for me in that realm. And then when I had opportunity to uh, be invited to the table, um, I was the only there. The only along was one other woman, Sandra Butler Jones, who told me always remain at the table and mm -hmm. always have something to say. And so, it, you know, I, I'm yes, I'm giving shout out to those people because they are the ones who pulled me along, who pulled pulled me along to um, let me know that yes, there is duality in sitting at the table. Because just as quick as they invite you, they will exit you. Um, and having said that, you have being at the table, um, you have a responsibility to know where you came from and who pulled you along and what that responsibility is to reach back and pull others along and let them know what the truth is. Because a lot of times, you know, your brothers and sisters are looking up at you and thinking, well, you're on easy street. Mm. When in fact, you are on the main highway trying to be that dog crossing the road. <laughs> right, not trying not to get <laughs> you're hit. trying not to get hit. Right, right, yes. Right? So, um, you know, I... I Yes, I look at my other brothers and sisters who who have who have reached a certain level and one say, I hope that you are reaching back because you need to let others know what it's like being up here that you. Yeah, you're trying your very best. You're trying. Hopefully you're trying your very best to do right by the people who are who are coming up underneath you to make way for them. And you, 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 have, you have to purport yourself a certain way in order to remain at that table to actually do good work. I'm so glad you said that because I want our audience to know we're not talking about unfair hiring that we want to reach back and just promote uh, all the black and brown people. That's not what we're no. talking about. No. We're talking about regardless of where they end up in life, regardless of where we're sitting, we want to reach back down. They may reaching down for me may be to the young lady who wants to be uh, a marketing director. I'm not a marketing director, but the wisdom that I give her will allow her to grow and develop. I'm reaching back for my influence. I'm using my influence 
to be able to help this young person scale their career. It, it may be I share a phone number or contact or or wisdom or coaching or mentoring, whatever the case may be. I think that you 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 what you're saying is really touching my heart because I remember there was a time when I first started in corporate America where I was told everybody needed a black suit, a blue suit and a gray suit. <laughs> Absolutely. You remember those days in a white, in a white top. That, that's right. And there was a way that you showed up in corporate America. There, there was just a way. And nowadays things have changed dramatically. And because people of color have been labeled for so long, even though our counterparts can sometimes show up differently, we can't afford to show up differently. And some of our young people aren't getting that memo. I, I think I shared the story with you. I, I, I won't put my child out there, but one of my children was going on an interview um, to a, a, a local uh, fast food place. And, uh, and I asked her when she left, cause I remember her saying, well, I'm going on an interview mom. And I said, well, you got flip flops on. And she said, yeah. I said, but where are you going on an interview? Is he meeting you at the beach? Because in our day, if you wore flip flops to a job, they wouldn't even spend time interviewing you. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard for young people to understand just because you can wear it doesn't make it permissible and it doesn't make it scalable. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the line, the, the storytelling, right, us being able to tell powerful stories to young people and young people listen and grab the knowledge and the wisdom and move with it, something there's a. Colette, there's a disconnect there. Do you see it in, in human resources? Yeah, I do. And and I actually um I actually try to listen to what my young people are telling telling me. They feel like they're being shouted at by um wh whether you're black, brown, or white, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. They feel like they're being shouted at. And so and not being heard, all in the same. And um I, I, I want to give this story um, to, to the listening audience here. Um, I had a young man who was interning and he was brilliant. He came to us from Morgan and everybody loved him because he was talented. Well, he is talented. He's not was talented. He is talented. And, uh, Week two, he decided he was going to quit. He wrote a lovely resignation notice. And everybody was like, oh, my God, he was part of a pilot program. Are you kidding me? How, how, how are you going to quit? How are you quitting on us? Because we're dependent on you. This is a pilot program. And you're African-American. How are you quitting? And everybody's like, uh, Miss, Miss Collette which I, you know, I'm kind of rolling my eyes when you call me Miss Collette, but Miss <laughs> Collette, can you talk to him? And I'm like, well, he turned in his resignation notice. It must be, you know, something going on. And if you were an employee, we would say, hey, thank you. See you later. Got to roll on. But this was somebody early in their career. 
And so, you know, after a little bit of thought, I said, well, you know what? Somebody invested in me. That's right. Somebody invested in me and took the time to talk to me about me starting out in my career. So let me dial the person up. You heard me say dial, so that told my age. Okay, <laughs> let me let me go on my contact list and push the button. So I pushed the button, and lo and behold, I I young person. Um, you know, I understand you've turned in your resignation, and yes, ma'am, I I did, and I said. Now, I just want to get to the bottom of what transpired. So I'm fast forwarding my story a little bit. He told me he had three jobs and was trying to make it. Wow. And, you know, after speaking with him for a while and we narrowed down some things, he didn't really want to quit. But he could. He was so overwhelmed and he felt alone. He felt alone here that he felt like he had to give up something and we were the sacrificial lamb. And sometimes as a leader, we have to get to the bottom of some of the the stories that our people have to tell about themselves and we will Mm. find value not only in them, we will find it, they will become more valuable to us just by having taken that time with them. Wow. And now he's back, he's back. We we talked the resignation notice. We have created a pathway for him. For once he graduates, he, 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 he will, he's gonna make it. He's gonna make it. And now he has many more friends for him having told his story and me taking an interest in him. So I, I'm the lesson in that is like we, Sometimes as leaders, we have to slow our roll and not be judgmental. That's a powerful story. And, and, and when we come back from this commercial break, I want to, I want you to talk about the power of coaching because as an HR executive, you could have just accepted that moved on. Let's get the next intern in. Here's what I, 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 I hear from you. There is value in human capital. You, there was a level of value in this young man. uh, And that value didn't just start with him. It started with the person who saw value in you. And you're just allowing that to trickle down. And I don't know if that's something that can be taught and groomed in leaders, but I think there's a balance. There has to become a balance between the subject matter expert and human relationships, being able to have those human conversations. We'll be right back with uh, Miss Colette Coakley as we go into this commercial break. Thank you so much. Stay tuned. Have you ever wondered how to scale your career or what about lead your team to the next level of success? Or maybe you've thought about stepping out and launching that new consulting business. Whatever your personal, corporate, or professional desires are, Exec Talk with Paradigm 360 is the platform for you to glean from world-class thought leaders across the globe. Join the conversations on Apple, Android, and various podcast platforms. And once the show is over, keep the conversation going on Twitter at Paradigm 360 underscore LLC. Until then, in the words of our executive leadership coach, Christina Lee, we'll see you at the top. 
You're listening to Exec Talk with Paradigm 360 with Executive Leadership Coach Christina Lee. After the show, stay connected at www.paradigm360consulting.com. Now back to the show with your host, Christina Lee. All right, we're back with Colette Copley. We're having an exciting conversation. And before the break, she told a powerful story about uh, a young person who was interning uh, with them uh, on track for their executive or future career. And in that, because Colette is a coach, a certified coach, I, I, w- I think this is a great space for you to talk about the power of conversation. Um, and part of coaching is storytelling, uh, mm-hmm. being able to share a story and help unlock unconscious incompetency right? Expose the blind spot in a person. So then the person moves to conscious incompetency. Now I realize that I don't know what I thought I knew. And I'm now positioning myself to be told or shown a new dynamic that's going to help me scale my personal leadership or my self-leadership. So I want you to talk about this space of coaching, how much of this is important in the HR process, and how much does it trickle down throughout the organization to the leaders who are leading the talent uh, that, that you all have hired? Let me tell you, I, I recommend that every HR director or anyone on that path take um, the opportunity to take uh, coaching sessions and understand it, understand some of its principles. Because one of the things that you, you taught me, okay, that I carry with me all the time is dying to self. Mm, wow. My dying to self. Because just as a human, I think that we are selfish in nature. And we we listen selfishly. We listen selfishly, which is an instrumental part of being a good HR person to be able to listen to what the problem is of a uh, any employee, black, white, green, or and, and, you know, it doesn't matter who they are. Just being able to listen and then what you say? Parrot back what it is that they what they've said, but you have, actually first have to die to self. It's not about you. It's not about you. A lot of times when we're listening to the stories, we're like, oh, he, they they must want to X, Y, and Z. They must want to be the president of the company when all they wanted is I, I'm having difficulty with my childcare situation. Mm-hmm. That's, right. That's this, right. This is what's happening to me, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking specifically to black, brown, uh, you know, employees, we have huge stories. Mm -hmm. We have huge stories about our circumstances and where we are and where we're coming from and what we're trying to do. But it is so often that no one is listening. Mm. No one is listening. And no one is asking us a question about what, what do we want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what mm-hmm. do we want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's an economic impact on our life before we even start the job, right? Yeah. There's some social economic uh, situations that's going on in many people of color 
uh, they don't just need the job, <laughs> right? They don't just want the job. They need the job in a way that maybe their counterparts don't. So you're right. Child care, uh, transportation, uh, sick parents, ailing parents, historically, African-Americans and, and Latino families tend to be more family oriented and that their parents stay in the home with them longer uh, than going into some type of nursing facility. For one, uh, historically, we never had the kind of money to put uh, mama in a, in a skilled nursing facility that was going to be nice enough where we felt like we could rest and be reassured that she would have uh, or he would have quality of living while having going toward the end of their journey. And so oftentimes because there's so many different uh, even health issues in our culture, diabetes, high blood pressure, we end up inheriting responsibilities uh, that pretty much determine um, our destiny or chart our, our pathway. And if the employer, uh, and I'm not saying the employer has to change SOPs and the handbook and all of that to, to, to meet our criteria, but to your point, that listening ear, that level three listening as a coach could help unearth maybe some things for the employee that they didn't even think of or discover that they had the potential to maybe incorporate in their life, right? Like maybe they didn't know there was something called Meals on Wheels, that while they're at work, someone could be delivering a great meal, a healthy meal to their loved one, right? Mm -hmm. We get that through exchange of information. Mm -hmm. uh, Colette, I remember when um, my mother was first diagnosed with dementia. Uh, I'm running a, a successful uh, consulting firm and my life came to an end. So it doesn't matter where you are um, economically, all of us can be hit with certain things in our life that can cause transition. And it was a senior person um, in, in, in the government, who was one of our clients who said, here's some things you might want to think about as your mother travels this journey. She was a coach and she coached me through that. And as a result of that, I was able to get my mother into a wonderful program that allows her to be there during the day while I work and have her still in my care in the evening. Had I not been open to conversation, but had the person not cared enough to separate the work, say, I know that you work with us as a client, I'm your client, but, but let me deposit something of value in you as a human. Mm -hmm. That's really what I hear you saying. Mm -hmm. Well, not only that, yeah. not only that, but you know, um, historically we're storytellers. Mm -hmm. African-Americans, we're, we're, we're storytellers. Just think about how we tell directions. If you go down the road <laughs> a piece and you turn to the left, there's a story, there's history even in how we give <laughs> directions, That's right? right? That's right. And um, we just need to be open to hearing and listening to, to one another and find value in that. That's find, right. Find value in those stories that allow us to take away things that help elevate us mm. in the long in the long haul here you're telling about your mother's health well that might not be a executive position 
but it puts you in in a position to be an executive. That's right. That's right. right? That's so right. It, it so it as an HR director, you know, although employees sometimes have some long stories, <laughs> it's our it's our obligation to hear them out, hear them out, and and understand what their journeys, what they see for themselves. I mean. I'll tell you this short story of a Indian woman. Now in their culture, they, as particularly the women, they keep to themselves and um, they, they just put their nose to the grind. And if you ask them what they want, they'll tell you they're fine. But if you take them out of that limelight and you're having that one-on-one on, one on one with them, They'll, they'll tell you something totally different mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that they do want things for themselves. And sometimes it's our bias, whether you're black or white, it's our bias that doesn't allow that, allow us to see that people want things for themselves. Wow. Wow. They want things for themselves. We think that we're doing good because you gave them, you know, a hundred more dollars in the check. Mm. When, in actuality, hey, I needed a class. I wanted a class that will take my knowledge to the next level, that will actually do the company a world of good. But you never took the time to have the conversation with your employees. That you you bring up a good point because sometimes um, because people of color uh, may start out disenfranchised in some ways. Um, they may not have the opportunity to go to college uh, or, or maybe they went to college and, and didn't go to grad school. Therefore they feel like they can't go to the next level. What do you say to the person from an HR perspective um, that you can, you can, even where you are, you can start where you are. You may not have went to college. You may, maybe you did and you only got a two year degree and you feel like everyone around you says you need a four year degree. How do you speak to that person? Um, which which stories would you share with that individual? Okay, so I'm not I'm not being funny here when I say this. <laughs> okay, everybody needs to know how to count their money. Don't let somebody else count your money for you. I like that. <laughs> Don't let somebody else count your money for you. You know how to count your money. So so if you need to go out there and take an accounting class, know how to count your money. But college is not for everybody. Okay. And so I, you know, while I had that opportunity, it, it does not mean that that opportunity must be for you. The trades are wonderful. And there's some people, uh, you know, whether it's, I, I don't know whether it's Bill Gates or Steve Jobs or which one, uh, they, they didn't go to college. Some of them dropped out. Elon right. Musk will tell you, you do not need to go to college. Now, he had a totally different path. My path is not the path that you take, Christina, or you took, Christina. It's not the path that Joe, Jane, Susie takes. But there's a path for everyone. I'm saying get on a path. And there are apprenticeship programs that I discovered, you know, the people turning the signs out there. We're, we're laughing as we're at that stop sign and the woman turns the sign that says we go. But she's laughing at you because you're sitting in the back seat 
and she's making thirty dollars an hour. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yes. OK. And what you might not know is that she's getting in that Mercedes going to that big house on the hill because she knew how to count her money. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So so every every everyone has a different journey. Everyone has a different story. Doesn't mean that you have to go to that two year, four year institution. But I do say you need to know how to count your money. Don't let somebody else count your money for you count your money for you, go out there and make some money so you're not living off of someone and learn, learn what your, your purposes and your skill sets are so that you can go out there and be the best version of yourself. I love that. Be the best version of yourself. You know, as we start to land the plane uh, in this conversation, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people using this term, the goat, uh, the mm. greatest of all time. And we we hear that a lot. And, you know, being one of the first um, in your industry as a woman of color, um, you know, I'm sure that there's some empowering stories and things that if we sat on this call for two hours, you wouldn't be short of content that you could share with us. What would you like as you are kind of coming down on the descent descend of your own career and transitioning into retirement at some point and we'll do your next. What do you want people to rem remember about your leadership, your legacy as an HR executive? That I'm your biggest cheerleader. Wow. That's good. I am your biggest cheerleader. If you say um, that you want to do something that I, I will go to the, the mat for you, but you can't stand still with me. I'm not gonna, I, I cannot cheer for, there's, there, it's like being on the football field. They're not cheering for the people sitting on the bench. They cheer for the people on the field. I love that, yes. Okay, I'm saying get on the field. And I, I will cheer, I will cheer for you. Sometimes I'm cheering on the losing team. You know, not all my teams win, but <laughs> I will be, I will be rooting for you. Your HR person will root for you, will root for you. And sometimes you do not, you know, it doesn't have to be at that company that you're in. I think that's a very good point that you're going to, you're going to root from whatever position you're in. I'm, I, I happen to be uh, in the Carolinas, but I'm still a big 49er fan. Matter of fact, there's nothing finer than a 49er. I don't, I, and I'm talking about the San Francisco 49ers and see now, yeah, Colette, now Colette Coakley has changed her whole disposition because uh, the Baltimore Ravens did beat us in a Super Bowl, uh, but the lights had to go out in order for them to beat us. So, but that's okay. I, I, there's still nothing better, oh nothing finer than a 49er. So, so I hear you, Colette. I'm, I'm with you 100% okay. in this conversation that I can root for you from wherever I am located. I love that because sometimes we hold on to talent too tight and we don't want to let the talent go because we think it's the talent that's making us look good. But no, it's really our ability to be able to create a pipeline of talent that shows yeah. that we're a great leader. 
And Ooh. I love that. And as we and 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 while not forgetting as black and brown professionals where we came from. Absolutely. Never forget. Never forget where you have come from. And I think the more we die to self, as you said so eloquently, we will be able to shed the falsehood of our leadership and we can walk in the authenticity of our of our leadership. Colette, I want you to have the last uh, voice today. You listen, we've been honored. You are uh, a, a rarity uh, in leadership in this space of television. I'm so excited to hear uh, how your gifts have allowed you to scale personally. And I know that you are the founder of the Women's Leadership Forum. I want you to just, you have an upcoming event. I, I want you to talk as we close. I want you to just talk about what that means. How can people find out about that? And, and listen, thank you for being on the show, Colette. I want you to have the last word. Well, I appreciate I appreciate this time because it's so rare that African American, particularly African American females, are able to have a platform to speak from. And um, the Women's Leadership Forum that takes place virtually March 18th through the 20th, because we got a lot to say. So we three day event. So we got a lot to say. Um, takes place virtually. You can find tickets on the website, which is forward, WLF.org, F-O-R-W-A-R-D, WLF.org. It's a three-day event in which women gather together to share their stories. And in their stories, they are lifting up and encouraging each other to be and to do their very best. And we have over, I'm so happy because we have Today, over 600 seats filled. My it's not empty goodness. seats. 600 seats filled in which there are women and a couple of men actually coming together to lift one another up. And I invite your listening audience to come and participate. That is fantastic. Colette Coakley, I can't tell you how humbled and how honored. I feel a little bit closer to Kermit now than I ever have. I'm telling you, you know. <laughs> You know how much I love to talk about my my Sesame Street connection. Uh, right, you gave yeah. me years ago. Uh, you sent my mother has taken it over now, uh, <laughs> uh, but but I have a Maryland Public Television mug and 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 that's something that I get to see on the daily, and I get to think about you. Uh, but today has been a, a phenomenal uh, testament of uh, your work as a leader how you've done such a wonderful job to scale, but how you've not forgotten to tell the story to people who look like you so that you could help them scale their own career while making sure that uh, there's equity for all people at the table. We're not excluding, as I said earlier, we're not excluding anyone, but we do think it's important that there's historical data that shows we need to continue to tell the narrative in some areas so that people can scale their leadership. Folks, listen, we've had a phenomenal time. Please make sure you plug in to Colette's event, event. But with that said, my time is up. I thank you for yours and I'll see you at the top. 
Thank you for tuning in to Exec Talk with Paradigm 360, where executive leadership meets values, authenticity, and integrity in the marketplace. If you would like to know more about Paradigm 360 Consulting, check us out on the web, www.paradigm360consulting.com, or continue the Exec Talk conversation on Twitter at Paradigm 360 underscore LLC. Until then, in the words of executive leadership coach Christina Lee, we'll see you at the top.